0: Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280
1: The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. We're going to hear from uh, Nigel Williams-Goss coming up here momentarily. As your road to contention continues on, brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. With the lowest fees and quickest keys, Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. Gordon, uh, in today's installment, we, we talked to David a little bit yesterday about how the Jazz have done a really nice job at working the bottom of the roster of using those spots to develop guys and eventually turn them into impact players. We've seen it with Royce. We've seen it with Joe Ingles, George Niang, And there are a number of candidates vying kind of for those spots to do the same thing, and I talked to one of those today, Nigel Williams-Goss, which I I think it's telling that they have followed him for a couple of years
2: while he's been in Europe and have brought him back this year. And uh, stayed in touch with him, like you said, followed him. And, yeah, because they thought they saw something in him. And it, from all reports that I've heard, he's come a long way.
1: So I talked to him a little bit about that. I talked to him about his relationship with John Stockton, which I think is pretty interesting, and how much John was around when he was at Gonzaga.
2: You could do worse. Yeah, certainly.
1: Yeah. But he's played a, a role in Nigel's life. There's no doubt about it. Certainly his basketball life. And he's an interesting person, Nigel Williams. He's, he's somebody who's pretty easy to root for. Uh, so here you go. Road to contention continues on. Here's my conversation with Nigel Williams-Goss.
0: Countless hours practicing. An 82-game regular season.
2: Off to Donovan, and he it!
0: Three playoff rounds. Rudy Gobert with a left-hand hammer. All for one goal. A shot at the NBA title. The Big Show has you covered every step of the way. This is The Road to Contention on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: It's a big show. I'm here with
3: Nigel uh, Williams-Goss on uh, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. How's camp going for you so far? Man, it's, it's going great. You know, it's just such a blessing to be here. Um, couldn't be more excited, you know, about the opportunity that not only I have with the team, but just uh, the growth potential with the entire team as a whole. So uh, it's been really fun so far. Talk about your, your journey to get
1: back here. Of course, a lot of folks know that you were drafted by the Jazz and now you're back in camp. Talk about that journey and what it did for you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, it was a a great two years that I spent overseas. Uh, My rookie year, I went to Belgrade, Serbia. Um, And last year, I was in Athens, Greece, playing for uh, Olympiacos, B.C. Um, And, you know, two great, great spots. Um, Playing EuroLeague last year at the highest level in Europe uh, was a phenomenal experience, you know, playing with with such talented guys, um, you know, at that level. So uh, I learned a lot, you know, not only about myself, but... Um, I mean not only about my game but about myself as well So I just grew up a lot And uh, like I said just happy to be back Uh, On the the front with
1: evolving your game, talk about that a little bit. How do you think you've improved as a player?
3: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, obviously in two years, I feel like you get better in every area, you know, in that length of time. But uh, I would say probably most notably is my shooting. You know, I think when you go over there, uh, you have to be able to shoot the ball to to find success at at that level over there. So that was something that it forced me to do and something that I think will obviously help me uh, and translate back here to the NBA. Um, as well as just dealing with defensive pressure. You know, over there, they're picking up 94 feet every possession, and, uh, you know, you got you got to handle that as a guard and still get your team into offense. So uh, just being able to handle that defensive pressure, still getting, you know, guys, you know, where they need to be. So I think those are two big areas.
1: Talk about playing
3: for Coach Quinn
1: Snyder, him coming from a – he was a point guard when he played, and he comes from a background like that. What do you, what's it like playing for him?
3: Man, I, I, it's been – I mean, like I said, training camp's only been three days long, but just in this three days, the amount of knowledge that – that, you know, he teaches, you know, every single detail. Um, he's just so detail-oriented and, uh, again, a, a guy that I have tremendous respect for and I just, you know, can't wait to learn more from him. Talk about the potential of this team being camp for a few days and you know working out against these guys. Yeah, I think um, you know I think the the most noticeable thing is just how quick you know guys are dealing together. I think we got a group of uh, unselfish guys and a group of high IQ guys, and you know I think you mix those two things together um, and it makes for fun basketball. So uh, you know we're we're picking up things on the fly, but uh, I feel like the, the chemistry uh, is already pretty noticeable. Uh, when you were in college, how much did John Stockton come around? He was around a lot, you know, obviously, you know, he lives in Spokane, uh, big fan of the program still. Um, and then especially like during my redshirt year, uh, we worked out together, uh, you know, weekly, you know, about once a week. And then I would go play with him on, on Sunday during his pickup games. Um, so he was, you know, a, a constant mentor, um, you know, that would teach me things here and there. And, um, you know, any advice you can get from a guy like that, you, you got to soak it up. You still talk to him? Yeah, I, I called. So he was like, he was one of the first people uh, that I called after I, you know, I found that, it, you know, it was going to be official and I was coming back to the Jazz. Um, I just want to call him and thank him. Uh, Not only for the help that he gave me when I was at GU, but um, during the pre-draft process, I know, you know, he made a phone call to to Dennis and to Justin and those guys and just put in a good word for me and kind of, you know, stood behind who I was as a person and and who I was as a player. Um, And I just want to thank him for that, you know, let him know that I I didn't forget it. um, And now that it's kind of come full circle and, and that I was back, Uh, I thought it was a cool moment for both of us to share. You know, uh, around here when he played, he
1: was kind of shy away from the media, didn't, you know, live life uh, so much in the spotlight. But if you talk to people
3: that really knew him, they say he's funny. Is that Yeah, true? he is. He is. He is definitely has a dry sense of humor, um, but he is. You know, he, he he's a funny guy. He's he's super approachable. You know, when you, when you see a guy like that that you've you know idolized and seen you know such great things about, you know, you're kind of hesitant when you first meet him. Uh, but he was very welcoming, very accepting, um, and just a down to earth great person. All right. So what are your goals throughout this uh, camp? You want to uh,
1: you, you know just show off to the coaching staff, make sure you solidify your spot. How do you kind of?
3: Uh, you know, compartmentalize it in your mind. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's, it's showing off. You know, I think it's just uh, picking up on the concepts, um, trying to dial into the things that they want us to do collectively, um, and just try to do the things that they want us to do as a team. If I can incorporate into myself, you know, whether that's getting stops, whether that's communicating, making the right play, I just want to do those things, you know. And then wherever that lands me in the rotation, it lands me. But uh, just want to, like I said, really pick up on what we're trying to do, um, and just learn. You know, it, it's a lot coming at us in a short period of time, and um, just you know, again, soak everything up. Uh, as much as Coach Schneider talks about defense, I'm guessing getting stops is yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah, no, th- these, first, these first few days have definitely been, uh, you know, majority, you know, concentrated on the defensive end. Um, and again, I, I think that you've seen us pick it up pretty quickly um, and, and get in, getting on the same page and the same wavelengths defensively uh, is going to be key for us. Uh, we have so much talent. Uh, I think, you know, offense might come a little bit easier and more natural to these guys. But uh, defensively, I, I think we're going to be a really good defensive team again.
1: Well, Nigel, thank you very much for a few minutes. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate it. Good luck with yeah, everything. Thank you. Nigel Williams-Goss from uh, camp today, Road to contention here on The Big Show on 97.5 and
2: 1280 The Zone. Nice work, Jake. Uh, yeah, It's he's, he's an interesting fellow. It'll be intre- I, I, I don't know how much headway he can make because he's got some traffic ahead of him.
1: Well, here's what I was thinking. The Jazz um, traditionally, and certainly under Quinn Snyder, have carried three point guards. And I know we're going positionless a little bit more, and that Mm -hmm. actually I think works into his favor a little bit because I don't know if we're going to necessarily count Dante as specifically a point guard. You know, there might be room for Nigel Williams-Goss on the roster because they're going to be using Dante in so many other ways. They might want that insurance policy of another quote-unquote point guard. Is that
2: the way you think they're leaning? I don't know. And then then obviously you have Moutier and Mayday. And then, and then you got the hyphen behind him. So that would work. And then, if you want to, then you can switch uh, uh, Inferno over to you know the shooting guard position or a wing. Inferno, that's what you settled on for Dante
1: Exum. <laughs> I don't know. That's one I'm a little okay. shaky on. No, I, I think he does have an opportunity to make the team. It'll be tough for him. I think I think there are a number of guys that the Jazz like that are competing for that bottom roster spot. And I, I, you, obviously they can't keep everybody and where the stars come in and those sorts of things. But he believes, Nigel does, that he is a better player than he was when the Jazz drafted him. And oh, I think well, he yeah, believes— no doubt. The that, Jazz think that too. I And I— there's a reason that they went and got him and brought him back to to compete for a spot on this team. So they must have seen it and recognized it and and think they uh, they possibly had need a uh, need of his services. But I'll tell you what, looking at it specifically, Royce O'Neal. If I wanted to get on, and I kind of hinted at this with Nigel, if I wanted to get onto this roster and I was in his position, I'd make sure I'm out there getting stops. Yeah, every chance yeah. I get, yeah, I'd be out the there getting way.
2: stops. The fastest way to Quinn's heart.
1: That's the fastest way onto the floor. Yeah. You can go out there and you can play heads up, hard nosed defense. Uh, you're going to have a much better chance of of making this roster.
2: And I think from his comments there, certainly he's well aware of that. So what happens to Macaroni? What happens to Brickhouse? What happens to Bill? What happens to the Boss? What happens to Sunday? Wait, which kid? one's Bill again? Uh, yeah, William Howard. Oh yeah, the French one. Bill. Yeah, <laughs> Bill. What happens to those guys?
1: It, it's going to be may the best man win. I mean, that's that's how it's going to go. All right. And the Jazz will have some difficult decisions to make because, like, uh, like we were talking about, I think they, they like a lot of these guys. Uh, Maie Oni is is picking up a ton of steam. Yeah, mac and cheese. I thought it was just macaroni, Oni. <laughs> it now is. it's mac and cheese? <laughs> I don't know. There's
2: various. How about just cheese? <laughs> I no, hate my job. Already did that. <laughs> Okay, so let's no that was stinky, uh, not (laughs) not just cheese. Okay, let's look at. Okay, let's lay out the Jazz roster in order. In fact, let's rank it from first to fifteen. Number one, Rudy Gobert, right? Number two, Donovan Mitchell. Number three, who? Uh, Mike Conley, probably, or you want to call him Cool Hand? No, and then and then who? You going with jojo?
1: Uh no, I'd probably go with boyon. Okay. Chef. <laughs> the chef. Yeah, chef boyon for 3. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. And then then who? Then Joe. Then probably Joe. Where does uh where does uh he fit into that? He is he is a waist down.
1: We're not going to do this. He blew it. It's not. It's not going up next. We're not going to go through this whole thing. But I do. Well, I, but
2: about roles? You're just doing this
1: as an excuse. <laughs> no, I'm not. Use I want to know. Your I really okay all I'll over use, again.
2: I won't use the nicknames anymore. Where does Royce? I would put
1: Royce right up there. I have put he and Jeff Green and Ed Joe? Davis kind of in the next. You said you weren't going to do that. <laughs> Where's he I'm in I'm done. That's it. All right, I think they'd like it if Nigel Williams-Goss could play his way onto this roster. But I think there are several others that you put in that category, uh, category including Oni, Justin Wright-Foreman.
2: You just can't help yourself. <laughs> can't. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> Justin Wright-Foreman, the boss? Is he going to be playing for the Stars? Sure. What about Sundance? Mhm. Hey, you know, just uh, they, they feel poo poo. <laughs> okay, all right. How could you I'll say
1: stop. you're not going to do something and then, do it? And then just continually do it? I'm sorry.
2: I, it's uh, <laughs> it's a disease. We know. <laughs> it's something. Come on, you got to admit, Jello works. Jell. Oh, Jeff Green hits a jumper. Jello. Does it <laughs> does it work <laughs> because i don't think I don't think bowler is going to do that one <laughs> can't you hear bowler with a booming voice? Jeff Green hits a a, a key seventeen foot jumper
0: gel oh, and then a claw descends
1: from the rafters of vivid <laughs> smart home arena and removes him from the broadcast no. never
2: to be heard from again, <laughs> and you'd be to blame. A claw. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever actually gotten a stuffed animal out of that claw thing? Yeah. One time I went to one of those places. I'm so sorry. And it Thanks had, Austin. It had one of those. And I, I'm not kidding you. I walked out of there with like six giant stuffed animals. That's a good story. I don't think I can top that.
1: I did. did you just brag about your claw skills yeah. at, the, at the bowling yeah, alley? Yeah,
2: but, but it was a lot easier when there were a lot of them in there. Uh. Once you started to empty it, then they were kind of jammed down in there. It was tougher to get them. Anyway, all right. How much money did you pump into that thing? Probably a, a lot. Actually. What was her name that wanted the doll? My kids. Oh. Well. Or actually, my grandkids again, too. Why couldn't you just like go to the store and buy one? Because I just happened to be there. And by the way, I got a, a free card to use the machine, so it was all for nothing. You know, I didn't have yeah, to. Yeah, wasn't this the company Christmas party? Oh, my gosh. You said it was at the bowling alley. Yeah, well, the... oh, you said it was at the bowling alley. I didn't say it was a bowling oh. alley. Somebody said it. It was not the company business.
1: And And no, wasn't I mean, there like the a toy party. drive at the company party, too? Uh-huh. Yep, you were supposed to. There was big cardboard boxes at the entrance and exit to donate said plush items. <laughs> wasn't that? Wasn't that like a like big, I'm not even joking, right? I know. Wasn't that like a big I was deal? Was supposed in to donate
2: that stuff. Everyone was supposed to bring an item. Oh well, I probably did.
0: Mm. <laughs> not a ch- <laughs> You left with some items.
2: Did
1: you walk right by the box?
0: And saw one that you'd rather have, so you swapped it for the one you just
1: won?
2: <laughs> I think I dropped something in there on the way in. Oh, did you? You think? Yeah, you're
3: you, gum
1: wrapper. You had no idea that that was even a thing until right now, and you're like, oh, yeah, I think I donated. Yeah, I, I dropped something in there, sure.
2: <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I apologize. But I'm glad you were good at that game. That's terrific. <laughs> you were the one that brought up the claw. I was <laughs> not. That's your fault. Fine, let's go to break. <laughs> uh, I'm giving up on the uh, one and done. I, I just don't think that's going to work. I don't think so either.
3: Like you've you know, given up on one, him
2: or the nickname? He won. He won the national title with North Carolina, mm. and then was done. Yeah, one mm. and done. Do you have the same nickname for Anthony Davis? No, I don't. In fact, I've never heard anyone come up with this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't, have you? <laughs> All right. I'm gonna up. None of these are going to
1: stick, huh? We'll get to more coming up next. This so, is the Big I'm Show. I'm so
2: disappointed. 97.5 and
1: 1280 oh, The Zone. 80? Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Begin and any great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car to curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water. Plus, no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save Diamond Airport
2: Parking. Indeed. I I used it the other day.
1: Yeah, how was your experience? Good time? Terrific, yeah work out really well it did take good care of uh would
2: you take the truck uh no it took uh took a different car ah, i see but it was all in order did you try everyone. out the valet yeah it was all the car was sitting there ready to go only airport we
1: parking lot in uh, utah that does the valet yeah it's terrific took good care of it all right yes that's good to hear mm-hmm. uh it, in the last segment, Gordon, as you just tried to work in your nicknames as much as possible, you actually hit something interesting that uh, that I kind of glossed over, and I'm regretting doing so. Okay. You, as uh, again, just your favorite ins- nickname, an yeah. instrument to get your nicknames oh. out there. You oh. you listed the the jazz roster in order of importance, uh-huh. and you seemed to just automatically put Rudy at the top.
2: Yes, I did. That uh, that didn't seem like a difficult uh, designation for you. He is the single most important jazz player. Hands down. Well, I don't know about hands down because obviously Donovan is huge too. And maybe that will turn into a situation I don't want to compare him to, you know, a direct comparison between Stockton and Malone. But, you know, maybe it'll get to the point where you just don't separate the two. They're, they're of... They're they're maybe not equally important, but they are both extremely important. But uh, right now, I would put Rudy at the top, and I don't necessarily disagree. It's he's more the that- best. He's the best player on the planet at what he does mm-hmm. at the defensive end. There's nothing that Donovan Mitchell does that makes him the best on the planet, is there? No.
3: Mm-mm.
1: And I think you make a strong point. And you know me, I love two way players in the NBA. I think they're undervalued, and I think Rudy is a two-way player. I don't like the criticism that
2: uh, Rudy isn't an offensive weapon. He absolutely is. 16 points a game, what, six, 69 shooting percentage, obviously. Right. Uh, the the most dunks in the league. I mean, this is a force at the offensive end. And, and do opponents have to game plan for him? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And, and I don't understand why Ben Wallace got all the love in the world when he was playing for those Piston teams. And Rudy's numbers and impact on the game are greater than his. And it seems like Rudy struggles to get that recognition. I, I, I absolutely get where you're coming from. And, and I'm not even saying that I necessarily disagree. But you just kind of threw it out there like, oh, it was an automatic, like, no duh. And well, I was just thinking yeah. how, much of a, how much of a discussion or debate did you have in your own mind over that?
2: Uh well some but I go with Rudy I stand stand by that I think uh, I think the evidence is there do you, do you disagree No uh uh-uh. I, I I really
1: don't now I do think if Donovan Mitchell does what you expect of him and ends up scoring twenty eight points a game I think we're having a different discussion.
2: Well, okay, but then we'll, I don't then know. We'll change it when that happens. But I don't know if he can get there. Twenty-eight. It wasn't 28. You said twenty-eight. I know, but then we we it down. The to bet 25. is lower, but with a number you threw
1: out was twenty-eight. And by the way, it was not twenty-five. It was twenty-seven. It was twenty-six. But initially, you said that you expect Donovan right. Mitchell to score 28 points well, a game. That might and be a I'm saying that if here. he does that, then I think we're having a different discussion. Okay. Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll grant you that. But think about it, especially now with the firepower that the Jazz have. If they, say if, I don't even want to talk this way. I was going to say if you take somebody out of the roster or if he's lost an injury or something like that. Oh, depth is important. I think that's a— Well, Rudy is just irreplaceable. He is, but I think
1: that's a perfectly logical conversation. I I think that's why— It just kind of brings a bad karma. Well, since when have you shied away from that? But no, that's why I think Ed Davis might be one of the most uh, critical additions to the team, kind of sneakily, because it it is an insurance policy. Derek Favors— was the ultimate insurance policy
2: for yeah. Rudy Gobert? He mm-hmm. really was, and I think he, he can can make up for a lot of that at the defensive end. Especially, he's a terrific rebounder, and uh, and I don't know how good of a uh, on ball defender is he.
1: <laughs> you've got to stop. <laughs> you've got to stop. Uh, I think I think he'll be serviceable. There's no replacement for Rudy, obviously, but you've got to have a player. You know, you've you've got to prepare for that in a way that it's not unlike a, it's not unlike BYU with with uh, Zach and with Jaron Hall. I mean, you've got to prepare. You don't right. plan on him going down, but you've got
2: it can't be a lost season if you lose one player. Right. Right. But he is so very important to the Jazz's aspirations to title contention, and uh, so uh, no reason to dwell on it but uh yeah, donovan donovan could make some headway in this regard if uh, if he plays at a certain level if he if he's a little more efficient he takes better shots and i'm telling you right now jake if that floor opens up for him watch out then he has lanes to he's, drive then and... he's going to have a whole lot more dunks and when he dunks it's spectacular i mean it's a, so much fun to watch uh I will I would make that prediction right now. Wouldn't you agree that we will see more dunks out of Donovan Mitchell this year than we ever had before? I would think so. He didn't dunk the ball very much last year. And part of that had to do with health. And part of it had to do with the fact that he had three players guarding him every possession. Yeah,
1: the old spider spin doesn't work so well against yeah. three uh against exactly. three opponents. Exactly. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, th- I think he'll have more room to, to do his damage. But, you know, we talked to David Locke about this the other day. There's there's also a lot of guys that need shots. And we can talk about how unselfish this Jazz team is, and I think we all expect it to be, but there are only so many shots in a game. And you've got more mouths to feed now. Now, it, it'll help that Jay Crowder, who never saw a shot that he didn't like, you know, there there will be some shots there. <laughs> But still, I mean, It wasn't all
2: his fault. I mean, he was he was left wide
1: open. He was doing what he was told to do. Yeah, it's, I, you know, I, I'm saying that in jest, but I'm not. I guess faulting Jay Crowder necessarily. He was he was he was playing his game. But I mean, Bojan Bogdanovic, he's, he's David uh, put it this way. He was on the top fifty players in the NBA according to ESPN, and I would guess he wants to stay on that list.
2: <laughs> yeah, but can it's not all about how the the numbers, the total numbers, it could be efficiency, it could be and, and, and look, I, I think the reputation of individual players will be greatly enhanced this year uh, as the jazz ascend. because people appreciate what chef can do from the corner even if he's not averaging 18 points a game. if he's averaging 15, but the jazz are absolutely balling. I get it, but that's not necessarily how the NBA works all the
1: time, and you know that. You've seen enough of it first, first hand. Yeah, I suppose that. Yeah, wins are nice, but and this is why Derek Favors actually was so valuable because he really sacrificed himself. For the, for the betterment of the team. And that's why when people were screaming about him signing his contract last year and were upset and thought it was overpaid, and it was like, man, he earned that money. Yeah, he did. He, he took a back seat. He played a role that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with, and it cost him statistically. And to see him get compensated for sacrificing for the team I thought was a big thing. But there, there, there are going to be folks that are going to have to do that very same thing on this team. And maybe it's a few players sacrificing a little bit. But there, there's going to be a player or two that is not going to get exactly what they want.
2: Maybe, maybe Quinn will pick up the pace because he has so many weapons at the offensive end now. It's an interesting point. I because would, if, obviously the more possessions you have, the more opportunity you have to score points and the more those totals climb. We'll have to ask,
1: uh, next time I practice and Quinn Snyder as an availability, maybe I'll ask a question about pace. Because that is one way that you can get yeah. more out of, out of players. And I, I think Quinn Snyder probably, and again maybe we ask him about this too, would ideally like to play a little bit faster than he has traditionally. But they played slow because it helped them cover up a lot of their weaknesses. And those weaknesses no longer exist. In theory,
2: in, we, in, haven't, the, we haven't we yeah. haven't
1: seen it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, in theory. So maybe he does get up and move a little bit more because he doesn't need that. He doesn't need to use pace as a as a defense in a sense like he has over the past couple of years. So maybe that's a,
2: a little bit where people get a, where players get a little more attention and a few more shots. Think about how much fun that would be for a head coach to have those kinds of options, either to speed the game up or or shut it down with the defense. I mean. That's like having the fastest car on the track and the best handling car on the track. You can do it either way. You can beat teams by hunkering down on defense. You can beat teams by outscoring them. Any hope you can still hunker down on defense? I I don't think that's just going to evaporate. I I think that is going to be talked about a whole lot, even Uh, with the fact that the Jazz have to get organized at the offensive end.
1: We'll see, Gordon. That's why this, uh, this season is going to be so exciting. Yeah. Well, seeing the answers to these questions is going to be great. And if you look at the landscape of especially the Western Conference, there's not an uninteresting team in the bunch. Phoenix maybe, but everybody else has something going for them. Yeah. Every game is going to be interesting and a test for this Jazz team. I'll get, I'll
2: be, Jake, I'll get back to it. If, if the Jazz are a top-five defense and a top-ten offense, what kind of chances do you give them for a spectacular year? Define spectacular. I don't know. I, I didn't want to get bogged down in specific numbers. But they will be in contention if they do that, will they not? I would think so. I think they're capable of that. That's something George said, you know. It's a little bit of a tall order, I'd say, because
1: I think the, the defense will slip a little bit, but just how much – and the offense Well, they go from
2: the second best defense to the fourth best. Yeah,
1: right. Or how much does that have an
2: impact? Right. Uh, and that's why what uh didn't Rudy say something to you about how he thought the defense has the potential to be even better? He did. And I I don't blame
1: Rudy for thinking that and I actually 100% believe he thinks that, but I we got to see it. Yeah. He is, he does think big, doesn't he? He does. And he has total
2: confidence in himself and that's one thing that makes him great. So, his blocks will probably go up this year. His rebounds will definitely go up because Derek Favors won't be stealing them from him. We'll although, if he, he was stealing them, re- can get those rebounds too. You are the worst.
1: All right. We'll have more coming up next. Stay tuned. It is the big show 97.5 and 1280 of the zone.
0: most listen to Sports Radio Afternoon Show. This is the big show with gordon monson and jake scott sponsored by mountain america credit union guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network laugh with me buddy just with me buddy
3: don't let
2: her get the best of me,
1: but Don't ever let me start
2: feeling lonely
1: Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone ever Little Willie you, Nelson today <laughs> yeah, Smooth groove reason. coming in you with a little Willie I really <laughs> yeah. do. Who's your go-to country artist? Oh, wait, I can't ask Don't you that Because you like all that start. new pop country stuff Yeah, old man in probably I
3: like uh... See
1: give me like Waylon Jennings at the least, Yeah see you're old school Willie Nelson Give me that that, What Real country
3: Yeah
2: Twangy I mean, country Yeah If that's uh, Floats your Boat I remember I was I, I think I told you this I was at the uh, Garth Brooks Concert And I was sitting next to my lovely wife Lisa and on the other side was a uh, a woman who is a hardcore country fan. Mm-hmm. And none of that new stuff for her. She was all about you know George Strait and those types. Mm. Okay. Like you. All right.
1: Yeah, not the uh, old Dominion, huh? That's number 1 on your list these days.
2: Old Dominion.
1: I tell you uh, PK has really gotten to you. Uh, actually it's my wife.
2: She's the one that's pushed hard. But you don't think that PK orchestrated that from the beginning? No, that's BS. Of course he did. No, he didn't. It it, it actually started with my daughters, and they got my wife into it. PK takes all the credit for this stuff. It's a bunch of bull. (laughs) Although he has influenced me to some extent, but uh, he didn't influence her. She just... Came, mm-hmm. she was a rock and roller, and now she's country. See,
1: I, I would not put it past PK to know that if he got Lisa into country music, then you would follow. No, it was my and daughters. then eventually end my, up. It was
2: my daughter's. Eventually, you get end the credit up credit slash blame for this. He was
1: manipulating it to eventually make you drive to Boise without contributing in any way,
2: shape, or form. It was uh, all a master plan from the beginning. Now, well, I need to blame my daughters because they're the ones who did
1: Have you hit him up for gas money for that
2: trip yet? Next time you see him, you should say, hey, you owe me money. Oh, PK is very willing to accept uh, whatever advantage he can gain. I know, and you should
1: not let him get away with that. That's rule number 1 of road tripping, <laughs> that if somebody is is uh, is nice enough to drive, then you've got to buy a, you got to pitch in with a tank of gas, at least one tank. Yeah, that's probably. rule 1.
2: Uh, he's a friend. You know. I'll tell well, you am what am I supposed to do, nickel and dime him? Say, hey, PK, by the way, fill up my t- gas tank, will you? Hey, if a tank of gas is just nickel and dime to you, then good <laughs>
1: on you, <ya>, I guess. <laughs> the I next road trip I'm going on with my family, you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You can come along, Gordon, but you have to drive and pay for gas. Yeah, well, keep, PK keeps everything entertaining, so so you know. So that that's his value there. His charm. His charm, yeah. His charm. Uh, PK does have a column up, speaking of PK, at 1280thezone.com, talking about Kalani Satake. Um, And we touched on this a little bit earlier in the show, Gordon, but would encourage people to uh, get online, 1280thezone.com, give it a read. Uh, Headlined, Satake's fate hinges
2: on BYU beating lesser programs. Would you agree with that premise? Well, that's mostly what they got left. Yeah, they got Utah State and Boise State. But how, how do you define lesser? That's a comparative term. Don't lose the games and the ones
1: he lists out um are obvious uh, Toledo, Northern Illinois, Massachusetts, East Carolina. Win the games you're supposed to win. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I buy that. See, I I'm, I'm not so sure if I I I do too, but I'm not so sure if I 100% come along because I think I think losing or beating, for that matter, Utah State, Boise State, and to a lesser extent, Utah, I think
2: that matters a little bit more. Well, Kalani has struggled against in state rivals and, and uh, well, Boise, and Boise state, state. Yeah, Boise State. Is, that definitely would help him, just like going two and two against the marquee programs will help him. But you're right. You can't squander that right. by continuing to lose to teams like Toledo. I mean, I understand Toledo is better than what most people would think they are. But still, come on, BYU. you got to win that game. The thing with Boise, and hopefully I'm not sounding too repetitive on this, but the thing with
1: Boise is that 10 years ago, they were absolutely a contemporary of BYUs. Regardless of the record, I don't care what Gary Croton did against Boise State, but they were generally
2: viewed as... Programs on the same level. Would you disagree? Uh, no, I would disagree with that. Remember, Boise State used to mop up uh, the. He just beat the Utes left and right, too. No, I know. But I would say. You didn't necessarily automatically
1: look at Boise 10 years ago and say they were uh, leaps and bounds, better program than BYU. They were contemporaries. Yeah. We could split hairs on arguing which one was yeah, better. Not my point. My no, point is that that they're contemporaries. Now, Utah State has played its way into a
2: contemporary with BYU. Well, I remember talking about Utah years ago, Jake. In fact, you and I probably talked about this when we did the show together the first time, how if Boise State can do what they were doing, that Utah State should be able to do that. And has started to And they
1: have. Yes. And they're on their way. And that's not BYU's fault that Utah State has gotten better, but now Utah State is a contemporary. Right. You it, it's just like any it's like any business out there. I mean, you have got to perform against your direct competition and the folks that are your contemporaries. You have to. And BYU has not done that. So I, I agree with PK. Those those losses are embarrassing and they're terrible and you should never lose to the Purple Pirates of East Carolina. Never, <laughs> this should never happen. And and it was a particularly bad or you, batch or UMass. of Purple Pirates. Yeah, or UMass. Like I, I get that that should never happen. But ultimately, I'm judging BYU on where I think they are as a program with their contemporaries, and they've got to they've got to win some of these games. They've well, got they got to they've got to beat Utah State. They've got to beat Boise State, and eventually they've got to snap that streak to Utah.
2: But that's. Utah's less of a contemporary, obviously, than they used well, to be. Well, specific to this year, they have two victories right now. They're going to beat the automatics, you know, Liberty, UMass, and Idaho State. So that's five victories right there. So what do you got to do to get to seven? You, gotta, you, gotta, you got San Diego State, you got Utah State, and you got Boise State. And you got to win two out of three. And that'll be tough with a backup quarterback. That'll be hard,
1: but still, nonetheless, that's where we are. And he certainly can't go zero three against those teams.
2: Remember when before the season started, there was talk about Jaron Hall. I mean, they were they were kind of propping him up for this very reason that that this was a, a distinct possibility, or maybe even an eventuality. You figure at some point, the odds are that your starter is is not going to be able to go, so you got to get the get the the backup ready and. Uh, That's what they're doing with Jaron Hall right now. Uh, You're right. I I think they need to get seven wins is what the Cougars need to have uh, to to take some of the mystery out of the whole equation as far as Kalani's fate. I think it's got to be eight. It ain't going to be eight. Is it well? It's going to be hard. Yeah, you can only you
1: have one mulligan. But I do. I think they've got to beat two out of three of those those teams that are left that are kind of their contemporaries. Throw San Diego State. Okay, then that's seven. If they win the rest plus two, yeah, win Is two it, out of three, that's eight.
2: Well, they have the three givens that we went through, uh-huh. and then they have the then they have Utah State, Boise State, and San Diego State. So yeah, five. That's five. That's seven, isn't it? All right. Yes, it is.
1: Oh, we're forgetting about South Florida. Oh,
2: yeah. Okay.
1: I was like, geez, I know. Yeah, the, I'm so like, I know I've of done the math on this a bunch. Why are you getting in my way? Yeah. What are you doing, Gordon? Okay. So they, could get they can eight. get to eight. They can get to eight, but they can only lose one more game to get to eight. Okay. Well,
2: it'll be interesting.
1: And they should beat South Florida. South Florida ain't great. Yeah. Just now, one
2: win so far?
1: Right. And Will Snowden uh, was talking about how they have athletes, and I'm sure they do. But BYU is still a good enough program that they should beat this South Florida team. I would agree. So, and then go two or three or two and one against the, the three Mountain that's West schools. A, that,
2: that's a fairly major accomplishment. It would be. That's two out of three. Very difficult. Utah State is good. Yep. Boise State, we know that. San Diego State with a defense. Yeah. I'm. It's tall. There's no <laughs> doubt about it. But Utah State hasn't looked perfect
1: this year. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love has not looked perfect this year. Far from it. Uh, Boise State has they a freshman. They still have that explosive offense that averages over 500 true. yards a game. I, I'm not saying it's easy. Again, but Boise State has a freshman quarterback. San Diego State's offense is, mm, Yeah, you know, so it's not,
2: it's not like these teams are invincible by any That's means. That's true. That's true. But <laughs> I think it's just because of what we witnessed last Saturday, right?
1: And and against uh, after they beat USC, we were talking about you know next stop, yeah. uh, Fiesta
2: Bowl. Yeah. So what's the truth? We still don't know. No. I, I and know, I think you're, that's you're
1: I think that's where you find the truth though. Beat the teams that you're in direct competition with that you should be on the same level with, and that's those three Mountain West schools and you can even enough. throw in in and then them, the maybe. two
2: wins against the marquee programs or bonuses like right. you said and then you're in good shape but they do have to clean up their business all
1: right stay tuned we'll have more big show coming up 97.5 and 1280 of the zone Wrapping up a big show, 97.5, 1280 of the zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, wrapping up a Thursday. This week is going by
2: fast. Yeah, and uh, with what's ahead, I mean, the Jazz are playing Saturday night.
1: Wild, right? Yep. We're going to be right here. Britton and I are going to be doing pre, half, and
2: post. They're going to be in uh, mid-season form right at game number one. Utah and BYU have buys this week, but the Jazz will be going. So it's got a yeah, good timing
1: in that way actually. It's fun
2: it's fun to see. And ordinarily I would think uh, Adelaide, you know, the the 25ers or whatever they are, 36ers, uh, you wouldn't really expect uh, much interest in a, in a, a game with an opponent like that, but this time around it seems like everybody wants to see how Mike Conley is fitting in. You know how what adjustments are being made? What all the new guys? How's it going to work? I, I want to see Moutier play. I want to see what we're dealing with in looking at him moving forward, because it seems like he's got some ability. I know, I know that there's a lot of doubters out there with him, and he's he struggled. He was at 14 points a game with the Knicks yep. last year. Mm-hmm. So, but how will he fit in under this new direction? I, 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 I that's really interesting to me. He has the chance to play a lot
1: if he can evolve his game
2: and, and do those things you're talking about. So earlier in the show, we were joking around about the order of the team, uh, the, the player, individual players. But seriously, Mike Conley, the starter point guard, and then is Dante Exum, if he's completely healthy, is he the next option off the bench at the point?
1: I don't think that that's necessarily been decided, you, to be honest. Do you think
2: Moutier could uh, surpass him?
1: Well, oh, I don't think there's—I don't want to look at it like surpass, because I think Dante's still going to play a role. I just think it's not—it's going to be— Different. Different. I think there are going to be some different opportunities for him uh, as opposed to just being labeled as the backup point guard.
2: Well, think about how many times last year we saw different combinations or different players filling that role, even though it is somewhat positionless. But, you know, we saw nothing but Neto out there uh, when he was ready to go. And then you'd see somebody – I mean, it just seems like it's a rotation depending upon need, depending upon health, depending upon opponent. And who's playing well. Yeah, You know, I, I think it's
1: going to be up to Dante to prove that he can play well for extended stretches of time. You know, there was times last year, Gordon, where when he was healthy, he was totally out of the rotation.
2: Yeah. And he and was there, not playing particularly well. And there were times well. when he would enter a game and there'd be two or three turnovers and back on the bench. Right. Where he would make significant mistakes. And that's the that's the thing with a team like this. It's not like the Jazz of four years ago where you could weather through those kinds of mistakes. Now Quinn's over there. He's driving one of the fastest cars on the track. He can't be messing around. And if you're out there screwing up, well, there's somebody sitting on the bench right, right. over here be able to do it better than you. And Dante's now been in the league long enough
1: that it's you're not just going to get that – Playing time based on potential. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's going to have to play his way into the rotation and play well enough to stay there. And and actually, that's that's true for Moutier too. It's it's true for a lot of the guys. So it's not. Don't make it sound like we're
2: just picking on uh, on Dante here. But yeah, he's going to have to to earn that role. There's no doubt. Yeah, and then not just emerging players, but guys. Everybody wants to see. Uh, Rudy, how he moves to the basket, the lob passes, the high pass to him. Everybody wants to see what uh, Bogdanovich can do when I know on a corner three. Everybody wants to see him on the floor with Joe Ingles and how difficult that is to contain. Everybody wants to see Donovan and how he will react when he's got more floor space.
1: All right, we want to say a big thanks to Tanner Mangum, who was on the show. Thanks to Nigel Williams-Goss, who was on the show. Another installment of Road to Contention. You can get all of our big show podcasts, all of our content. Go to your favorite podcast catcher, search The Big Show, and you'll be able to find that stuff there. Or give us a subscribe, and you'll automatically get all of that content right to your listening device automatically. That's inferred, yeah,
2: automatically. Was it redundantly redundant there? No, I mean remember that REM uh, album that was called automatic for the People you know kind where that of, title came from no there was a there was a, a, a eating establishment down there in Athens or somewhere down there and uh, uh, the guy behind the counter would anytime he made an order he would yell automatic for the people. That's where, the, that's where they got that from. All right. Thanks to Austin, executive producer of The Big Show. Thank you, Gordon. Thank you, Jake. And thanks to all our listeners. We could not do it without you. And I apologize for the various divergences in the show today.
1: We'll talk to you on The Big Show tomorrow, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.